This is your Kanaba County Sheriff's Report with Kanaba County Sheriff Brian Smith right here on Q Media's On Demand. Good morning to you, Brian. Good morning. As always, it's a pleasure, my dear. And uh, so let's start out with, I just had a couple things. Well, maybe it's better as far as kind of a beginning, middle, and end. Why don't we start with what's gone on in the last week or so, and then I'll get to a couple things that I thought maybe we could touch on today. All right. Well, we had uh, we're in that, uh, two, little over 200 calls for service again last week. Um, we had 10 new arrests. Most of those, a um, significant number of them were for uh, just warrants for failing to appear for court appearances. Um, and a couple, let's see, there's, I guess there's one drug arrest, uh, disorderly conduct, uh, driving after cancellation thrown in there, uh, and one misdemeanor assault. So the rest were all warrants, apparently. I'm, I'm interested. Um, why, why would somebody... I mean, I get you don't want to face the piper, so to speak, or the judge in this case, but they know that they're going to have to eventually. I mean, they don't necessarily go on the run if you guys can go out and find them. So why don't they just follow through in the first place? Do you have a thought on that, Brian? You know, I've I've been asking myself that my entire career. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, <so. laughs> and, I, and, I, and I guess what it really comes down to is that's the difference between uh, a significant number of those that go in and out of jail constantly and those that don't. Okay. Um, there's just a lack of order and discipline in their life, and and uh, they they struggle with making that connection. Okay. That, hey, this will probably be easier if I just take care of this up front, mm-hmm. um, like a vast majority of people do. Um, and But it, that connection just... They can't get there for whatever reason. Sure. And, uh, they, they decide, well, I'm just going to do whatever until they catch me. So when that does ha- when that does happen, Brian, again, just curiosity here. So if they have to get picked up, does it increase? I mean, do they get in more trouble, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, potentially there could be, yes. Okay, I was just curious. Um, but I think I think in reality, and this may be part of the problem. Sure. Um, I think in reality, no, that there isn't any more trouble. Um, so there's there's nobody. I mean, the charge is a charge. You can't really up the original charge from whatever that original charge was. So that's not going to go up. But you know, if 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 it's a big enough problem and. Uh, the judge feels that you know what, um, your your constant failing to follow through with your your orders, my orders, the commitments that you're supposed to make, um, you're going to go sit in jail for a few okay. days. Okay. Okay. Um, you know that's and, and maybe that's one of those things that where somebody doesn't want to show up for their court appearance because there's fearful that, oh, I'm going to end up in jail, and that just doesn't work out with my calendar right now. Um, yeah. So. I suppose. I, I don't know. There's, the whys elude me often. Yeah. Well, like I say, you've been, you've been doing what you've been doing uh, in law enforcement for, do we want to give age? Do we want to get an idea how old you are? <laughs> <laughs> A couple <Well>. years? <laughs> 
it'll be 28 years this spring. So, so there you go. Of course, you start... In a couple you st- months, actually. Okay. And and you started, yeah. I'm sure, when you were about 12. So, yeah, I know about where you're at. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I didn't. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That'll make me younger than I actually am. But, uh, no, I did not start right away like uh, most officers do. So, tell it was me. kind of a, a, a career change for me. And that I was going to ask you that, Brian. So... Um, you get out of high school. So what happened after that? What did you do? Just, I, I guess I've never asked you that before. Well, I, I went off to college to do the college thing. And, uh, and, and really what drew me there was to pursue a football career. Okay. Um, so that got me to college and got me a degree and I kind of bounced around there for a while to, to find out, uh, what I really wanted to do. And I still didn't find that out. So, <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> I got out of college and uh, I, I had an accounting degree and a business minor and and uh, but I didn't uh, just wasn't ready to go do office work I guess at the time so I ended up operating heavy equipment for a few years and then uh, I kind of got acquainted with some officers and uh, did some ride-alongs and thought that was pretty exciting and I was outside and um, it, it was attractive. Mm-hmm. So I found out what I needed to do uh, to become an officer, and I got I got licensed uh, part-time, and I got hired by the county. And the more I did it, the more I liked it, and I decided to make a career change, so I went back to college. And uh, while I was working uh, in the jail, um, so I'd work in the jail at nights and go to school during the day, and uh, I finished up a second degree in law enforcement and uh, got my full-time license. And, uh, yeah, I just stayed here. Yeah, and it's so neat that you were able to be home, so to speak, because you grew up in Mora. I, I did, uh, yeah. I grew up in Mora and uh, went to high school here and um, grade school, high school. Spent my, my whole life here, more or less. And, um, and it's my community, and uh, you know, I guess that's you know one of the draws of being here was, you know, to, to be a, a positive part of the community I grew up in. Absolutely, you're just that much. Not that someone that's you know lives somewhere else and and works somewhere else. I don't want to diminish that at all. But let's face it, there's just that extra level of this is my home, my community, and I want to do everything I can. To, to make it a positive place and and leave a legacy going forward of, of uh, the best you possibly can. I mean, there is that investment. It's just a little deeper, right. I think. Don't you think? I think so. I, I mean, that's kind of been my philosophy and a number of uh, number of officers, you know, before me that mentored me, um, they had that same philosophy. Um, you know, there's, but there's we've got officers working for us that came from somewhere else, and uh, but they've made this their community, right? Um, so I, you know, there's just different ways. Um, I don't know if there's any one right way, but uh, I know for myself, it it certainly. I don't know if I'd want to go do this somewhere else. Um, I, I do it here because here means more to me, right? You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, your family's been here. You you you're bringing your children up here. I mean, the ties. It's a it's a cool thing, Brian. Thanks for sharing that because I guess we never really 
got into that in the past. So to segue off, and I put Brian on the spot for different things, and there was uh, an article I saw yesterday in the Star Trib, and then I saw it on the news last night. You know how things kind of come to the forefront. Um, And I just wanted his opinion on this. I don't think it's something that's going to be, we'll be dealing with in our area, but it was interesting to me. So in Maplewood especially, and I think several areas in the Twin Cities, they've had quite a few of these high-speed chases that have happened. Yep. And we've heard about them in the news, and people have been hurt. It's, it's a very volatile situation that can go south really quick. And so they've been trying to search for ways, I'm assuming, to do things differently. So they say that Maplewood is now among the first law enforcement agencies in Minnesota investing in GPS tracking technology called Star Chase, which allows officers to tag and track stolen vehicles and hopefully then apprehend suspects without a dangerous high-speed pursuit. So that's the very mini version of this. And Brian, you and I talked off the air. You've heard of this Star Chase before. So can give us kind of your opinion on that. Yeah, so the the pursuits, you know, regardless of whatever nature it is, I think I think currently right now, especially down in the Metro Maplewood area, a lot of them are due to all the stolen vehicle mm-hmm. things going on, um, carjackings and whatnot. Um, but just pursuits in in general, no matter what the cause, whether it's a stolen vehicle or a uh, crime in progress, or uh, they just don't want to go. They don't want to be stopped. Um, those pursuits are dangerous and uh, puts the public at risk. So, you know, throughout my career, it the the dangerousness has become greater just due to the sheer number of people. You know, our population increase, the number of people out and about, number of vehicles on the road. Um, it's caused them to become even more and more dangerous. And we've had, um, obviously, seen in the news that, you know, when they go bad, you know, people get hurt badly or even lose their lives. And uh, we obviously don't want that. Um, so we're, we're always searching for a better way. And uh, uh, you still need to balance out apprehending the offender um, I don't believe just letting them go um, under all circumstances is the right course of action. Um, but uh, there are times when, you know what, the circumstance might dictate that, you know what, we can terminate this one and we know who they are, we can apprehend them later at a mm-hmm. safer time. Um, so there's there's been a lot of evolution in our mandated pursuit policies that we have in our office. Um, so they're they're much better monitored by a, a supervisor. There has to be uh, approvals um, from supervisors to continue, depending on whatever it is that um, you're pursuing said vehicle for. Um, and, and that has made things safer. Now, there's also companies and, and individuals that are trying to uh, use technology to help um, maybe end these pursuits quicker. And the Star Chase, I think it's been out probably close to a decade is the first time I heard about them. Um, and they, you mount them on your squad car and you somehow trigger a, a firing mechanism and that 
shoots a projectile that attaches to the pursued vehicle. Um, and then theoretically, you should be able to discontinue your your pursuit because now you can track using GPS and, and technology. Therefore, ending theoretically ending the pursuit, but still being able to potentially apprehend uh, the individuals or at least recover the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember when they first came out, they were super expensive. Um, the reality of putting them on every squad car in our fleet was, it just wasn't a reality, uh, right. especially for the the low number of uh, uses that we would have annually. It just didn't, cost-benefit ratio just didn't match up. Mm-hmm. So it was something that we didn't ever really consider. Um, but I could see now that, you know, down certain areas, you know, maybe it would be worth having that um, to be able to increase the ability to uh, terminate early and make things safer for everybody around the, that particular city. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the premise of it, certainly, I mean, they're just trying to, they've had such a problem. Uh, they say, yeah. the one Roseville uh, police officer they interviewed said they, I mean, it's it's every almost every day, it seems like, or every week yeah. they're having to yeah. pursue somebody. So th- I get where they're trying to go at this. And you were talking about yeah. prices. Um, this came out, you're just right in the ballpark there, Brian, eight, ten years ago was when it came out. Um, Maplewood, they say, is spending about thirty-five of its two hundred and four thousand dollar grant. So, see, they had a grant. That's why they're able to do this. Oh, okay. And I don't know sure. how many cars it outfits. I have no idea, but I would think like a lot of technology that's eight, ten years old, it might be not as expensive now. Just like our television sets are cheaper now than they used to be. You know, that's all I can think. Some, sometimes it yeah, depends, right? It depends on it. Down. Sometimes. It- Sometimes it doesn't. Right. I they yeah. actually go up. Yeah, it yeah. depends, I'm sure. But I, I understand, there's other, you know. There's, there's other initiatives out there that are, it's similar. I know the state patrol has uh, a new initiative out there to try and um, uh, increase the number of uh, air hours that their air unit has. And that's an effective tool. Okay. Um, they have both fixed wing and helicopters available and those things can track a vehicle um and it's subject but as good if not better than than a gps unit sure so interesting they're interesting. they're also um in fact i think i've got a presentation coming up here next week um in regards to what what it's kind of a getting our feedback as to what um chief law enforcement officers want to see from their air division, you know, Hmm. where can they make those assets more available? Um, uh, How much can they increase? You know, they only, they have a certain number of pilots, certain, certain number of aircraft. um, So they can put them up a certain number of hours, but they're, they're already increasing those um, because they do recognize that there's a, there's a bigger need. Sure. Interesting. Brian, to, just as everyday people here talking about, I mean, we don't, you have mentioned that there's been more break-ins in cars. Are there more cars being stolen in our area? And if so, or even the break-ins, I think we've touched on this before, but what's the best thing we can do, 
you know, just as everyday people. I'm thinking locking our cars if they're sitting outside is a good start. Yeah, um, I, I don't think here, I don't think we've, we have not felt a, an increase at all. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think we're doing any more than we were six, seven years ago. Um, but the ones that are getting stolen are ones that have keys left in them. Um, and, you know, that's that's the, the probably the single most, single easiest thing you can do to protect your your property is take your keys out and lock the car and don't have things in your car that are enticing right i would say yeah 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 yeah. you don't want to leave expensive items like purses and and things that are attractive because obviously it's pretty easy to break a window if you really need to get in but for the most part most of our those types of crimes are crimes of opportunity because people left keys in their vehicle left the vehicle unlocked um Otherwise, we don't we don't have a lot of car thefts that way. Mm-hmm. Down in the city, that's a different story. That's there's a there's a lot more going on, and it's a lot different environment um, with what's going on down there than what what is happening here. Yeah, makes a big difference for sure. Well, Brian, I'm glad you were able to touch on that because I do think that's kind of an interesting situation right now, and getting an understanding of that can make a you know. It, at least it's it's something that people find out about, hey, they are trying to do something because it is a big problem down in the cities, and an understanding of that is important. Yeah, and, and, and even in, in outstate Minnesota, that's, you know, it, the pursuit, the dangerousness of a pursuit is, is real wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just don't see as many of them, um, especially not now. We see far less than than when I first started. Um, we used to have a lot of pursuits when okay. I first started. Um, but they probably weren't quite as dangerous because you just didn't have that many vehicles on the road. Right, it's all there relative. There not that many yeah. people out and about. It's a lot more rural. Um, and uh, usually they, they happen late at night and it usually involved um, uh, an impaired driver that uh, didn't want to get caught and the penalties weren't real severe. Um, but not long after I started... Um, they changed the laws on on fleeing in a motor vehicle, and it's a uh, it's a felony, and uh, it can be pretty harsh the penalties, and that seemed to really dry up the amount that we had. Okay. Uh, but now this this thing, especially going on in the cities right now, I mean it's just blatant lawlessness, and uh, uh, there's groups of of people down there that are stealing people's cars. Uh, carjacking sometimes, um, and then taking those cars and using them to commit more crimes. So um, that's a that's a whole different thing, and it's going to take different tools to to solve that problem. And sure. uh, I think uh, I think I think there's going to need to be a reckoning of of. people from to make them think about well geez do I really want to do that because the the, the cost the cost right not be worth it to me absolutely and uh, right now I don't I don't think there's enough accountability You're not being held harshly held accountable harshly enough to deter them from 
doing those kind of acts. Right. So it, it's a fluid thing. We'll we'll find out more going forward. But again, Brian, I so appreciate your insight just talking about this because it's you know we hear things in the news and getting it from someone like you that's right at the forefront. I think it's good information for us for sure. But I know, also know that we're coming up on that twenty minute mark, and I bet. Uh, you probably have to get on with your day here. So as always, sir. I probably should. Yeah, I, I probably should. I hear you. But I do, as always, so appreciate your insight, Brian. I look forward to catching up with you a week from today. Yeah, you're welcome. All and right. We'll see you then. Have a great week, Brian. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. You have been listening to a Q Media Group production.